Good morning, Baymarin family. How are we doing? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a great weekend. Uh, some of us got to participate in an awesome fundraiser. Uh, for those of you that are not aware, one of our um, uh, local ministry partners that we support and that we are big fans of is Marin Foster Care. And they raised over $100,000 yesterday. And they're, yeah. So... Um, I want to say thanks to Ashton for writing that $100,000 check, man. Way to go. Uh, no, it was just, I don't know how many people came together over a, a Pacheco winery, but it was just a really cool evening. So for those of you that contributed in that way, uh, way to be a part of something that's bigger than us. Isn't that cool and when, when we can do that? So very excited. I want to, um, before I get some stuff set up here, I just want to throw out a question so you can turn to the person next to you or you can avoid the person next to you um, and, uh, and discuss this. Um, when was the last time you remember climbing a tree? When was the last time you remember climbing a tree? And maybe along with that, what was that experience like for you? What was that experience like climbing a tree? All right, so... Go find somebody around you um, and introduce yourself if you need to. All right, do we have any recent tree climbers? Anybody crazy enough to... John, yeah? One of the Johns. <laughs> this, this, this John, yeah? Hanging somebody's lights in their garden. Hanging somebody's lights, okay. So what was that experience like for you? Was that, was that fun, nerve-wracking? What, uh, what do you, what do you, how would you describe it? Was it was tricky. Because it was on a slope and the ladder wasn't standstill. So Tricky. I you, actually. <laughs> yes, I hear people have trouble with ladders sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I'm one of them or three of them, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, when did you be in my sister's backyard to go down her zipline? To go down her zipline? Oh, that sounds fun. You have, you know, people that have ziplines in their backyard. <laughs> you have great people in your life. Yeah. <laughs> So was that fun for you or a little what? what? It, it, was a little, it was a little nerve wracking until I got there and, and then it was really fun. Okay, good. Did, she didn't say like, I want you to be the first person to test the zip line. No, I said, it, wasn't, it wasn't that. Okay, good. But I did get hung up on my exit, so that was oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right. Um, so how many of you, uh, when you were a kid, you liked climbing trees? It was just something exhilarating, okay? All right, how many of you like me were scared to death when you were climbing a tree? Yeah, okay, uh, really? That's okay. Okay, great. Um, you can tell, you can tell which trees I climbed because they still have like grip marks in the bark. Um, uh, Roger was my, my friend down the street. He was a few years older than me and he loved climbing this one maple tree that we had in our backyard. And because Roger did, I felt like I needed to, but he just seemed so agile and comfortable as he would make his way up the tree. And I am, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I just could feel my heart pounding the whole time. Um, but can we, uh, one of the things that's, that's, it's pretty obvious, but when you're up in a tree, the world looks very different, especially if you're up high enough. You know, and so, so I do remember, in spite of my fears, some of those those moments of wow. And uh, I was at a camp where we did some zip lining, uh, so we were way up in some trees, and uh, we, uh, yeah, we were all 
belayed in and everything and some of us wore adult diapers and it was a good experience you know uh, a little nerve-wracking but uh, but I vividly recall just how different everything like you know you could see farther and just it totally changed so here's here's kind of what I uh, want us to do this morning we're going to look at a story about a guy who climbed a tree that's a, it's a story in the Bible about a man named Zacchaeus who climbed a tree and what he saw and experienced changed his life and it even impacted the lives of people around him and what i want us to understand is what he encountered from the tree could not have happened if he had stayed on the ground this was there was this climbing the tree was a really important part of him experiencing what he did so uh, we're going to look at luke 19 i don't know how many of you here are going to be able to to see over this uh this tree that we got here um, but I'm going to read through these, these first few verses of Luke 19. It kind of tells the story. Um, if someone sitting next to you starts humming a little song, it's because they probably grew up in church and learned a song about Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. So just, just be aware of that. If you're wondering how it goes, I am not going to sing it. That is, uh, I'm worse at singing than I am climbing trees. All right, so here we go. Um, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And I want to just pause right there and say that um, anytime we see that Jesus is showing up, a great story is about to happen. Um, every story really has to do with Jesus. Jesus is the hero of the story in the Bible. Now, we're going to learn about this guy named Zacchaeus, but I don't want us to lose sight of the fact that when we um, open up God's Word and we are reading um about it, uh, that really this is a story about Jesus. And I think you'll find some ways that, like me, you can relate to Zacchaeus, but let's keep in mind that this is all about Jesus at the same time. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, I am standing. See, that's kind of a joke. See, like he didn't, didn't know that he was, all right, okay. Um, look, Lord, here I am. Um, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. And then this next verse, a lot of scholars really feel like this is the theme verse for the entire Gospel of Luke. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. I want to say there is not a biblical character that I relate to more than Zacchaeus. Now there's a little bit of irony in that, um, but uh, there, is, uh, there is something about his life that has really resonated with me and has brought me to a point where I feel like God has given me kind of two guiding principles uh, for my life from this story. I have uh, just a real vivid memory of uh, about 20 years ago sitting on the back deck of my condo in St. Louis and just chewing on this passage. And it was one of those moments that I wish 
um, was like a Groundhog Day that I could have over and over and over, if you remember the, um, the Bill Murray uh, movie. But it was one of those times where I really felt like God was kind of giving me two life axioms, two guiding principles that would determine what I do and why I do them all throughout my life. So I want to jump right into those and then we'll, we'll unpack them. Um, the first guiding principle is I want to daily climb a tree to catch a fresh glimpse of Jesus. I want to intentionally go out of my way so that I can see um, Jesus and hear him call out to me. Every single day is an opportunity when I wake up to catch a fresh glimpse of Jesus. Um, there may have been some incredible way that I encountered him yesterday, awesome, but today is a new day. And I want to have that kind of a hunger where I will climb a tree to see Jesus. Now, we'll, like I said, we'll unpack that, um, what that actually means. And then guiding principle number two, I want to be a tree so that others can see Jesus through my life. And this is not just a, because I am a, a pastor, I want to be a tree, regardless of the jobs that I've had, regardless of the titles that I've, I've had in my life, my calling is to be a tree so that through my life, other people can see Jesus. The words that I write, the words that I say, the actions um, that I take, all of those things, I want them to be something that when others hear about this, that uh, they get a glimpse of Jesus. It's like when I climb a tree and I encounter Jesus, if I have some type of a moment with God, it is too good to keep to myself. And so I have this opportunity, not just to climb a tree, but to be a tree, to share that with other people. Um, I think that that should characterize us, that when we have those moments where we encounter God in a really life-changing way, that it will start something, it will birth something in us, and will give us a momentum that cannot be stopped. I uh, shared a journal entry with you a couple of Sundays ago about my old truck that was parked atop of a mountain, and if it popped out of gear, I wondered what would happen, and I realized that um, there was nothing that I I could do to stop it other than just kind of wave as it went by. And when we choose a lifestyle of climbing trees, when we encounter the deep joy of being a tree for the sake of others, there will be a momentum of the magnitude that I don't think much of anything could stop us. As this is just something that stirs in us. These are the type of things that we can expect. Now, I want to kind of give you an overview of where we're headed over the next two or three weeks. And I want to really encourage you to be, um, the, each week kind of builds on the one prior. So if you have, uh, if you have to miss, we have these, uh, uh, these little things called podcasts and you can, you can listen to them. But I, what I want to do over the next few weeks is paint a picture of a lifestyle. Paint a picture of how these guiding principles will uh, be something that you can personally adapt to your current situation, regardless of what you have going on in your life. And this is also a lifestyle that I think could well characterize us as a church and how God will direct us as Bay Marin to impact the community and beyond. Um, what I'm going to be talking about is already happening among us at Bay Marin. And at the same time, I believe it could blossom into a new way for us to impact the culture around us. This series, if I could sum it up in a sentence, would, it would be that um, I want to describe how Bay Marin will impact and influence the spiritual ecosystem of Marin. 
how will we be a difference maker and how will um, we have this opportunity uh, to influence the spiritual ecosystem to really uh, guide and direct it. In a couple of weeks, we're going to actually climb a tree together, literally, uh, uh, literally walking among some trees, but figuratively climbing trees. You can, I guess you could climb them while we were out there if you wanted to. Uh, but I would say save the date, October 27th, two weeks from today, um, after the service. Uh, for those of you that want, we're going to go on a really... Uh, a, a, uh, most anybody can do this kind of a hike. It's going to be less than a mile, but it'd be an opportunity for us to climb a tree, to catch a fresh glimpse of Jesus in that. Um, the week after that, uh, I want us to think about and imagine and dream of what it would look like for us to reforest Marin. What if this county, beginning here in San Rafael, was full of people who were planting themselves as trees so that people could see Jesus. People that realized I am here and God has called me to, in a very unique way, share the love of Jesus to the people around me. And what would it look like for us to populate this area with trees, with us, with more and more people saying, I'm gonna climb a tree and I'm gonna plant myself as a tree so that others will have an opportunity to see this Jesus that's making such a difference in my life. So today, how are we going to begin impacting the spiritual ecosystem of Marin? I believe that it begins with a change of perspective. And that's our first lessons from trees as the series is titled, is that climbing a tree changes the way you perceive and see yourself, others, and God. We've already talked about just the kind of the no-brainer that if you climb a tree, things look different from up there. And so as we engage with God by climbing a tree, um, it will impact the way uh, that we see ourselves, the world around us, and God himself. And that changed perspective um, will get, uh, get the ball rolling. Now, Zacchaeus and I, we have a lot of things that I think are in common, but there was something about Zacchaeus that he was, he was keenly interested in who Jesus was. It's very obvious in this passage I remember as a child uh, being interested in knowing more about God. Who is God? What is this really about? That carried through in my teenage years and on into my adult years. Um, just this, this inner drawing, this deep tugging, it, it took the form of, of curiosity and wondering and seeking and experimenting and pursuing. But it also included seasons of doubting and withdrawing and questioning and wrestling and sometimes even quitting, just pulling back and turning, turning my back on God. Um, I'd love to say that those were things that mostly took place when I was a teenager, but those things also took place even in my adult years. Um, and my life still today is a mixture of, of seeking and withdrawing, of experimenting, but also wrestling, of stepping towards God, and sometimes stepping back away from God. And I say that because sometimes I ask myself, why am I my own worst enemy when it comes to connecting with God? If I really want to have this relationship with God that I find personally fulfilling and that also gives me a real um, clear understanding of the path that I am to walk and the way I am to leave this world a better place, if that's really what I want, why do I self-sabotage? Um, why is it so hard for me to see and connect with God? It's like 
um, I'm compelled to, but I'm not capable of doing it sometimes. And I don't know if you've had that inner wrestling and maybe, maybe you've really not even in your journey, you've not given God a whole lot of thought. But I, I think if we look at some of our deep yearnings in life, what is kind of the thing behind the thing is we were designed and created for relationships. And specifically, I believe we were created for relationships with our creator. And when we have a, sometimes an ache that we can't put our finger on, we might seek to fill that relationship void in a lot of different ways. Um, but sometimes we, we self-sabotage, even when deep down inside we're like, I, I really want God and his best for my life. And then we find ourselves doing something completely opposite of that. And by we, I say me. And if you've jumped in, if you can relate to that, um, I, I hate that for you, but there's some really good news in the midst of this. Zacchaeus, too, and this is one of the ways that I can relate to him. In verse 3, it says, He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So again, it's just like he wanted to. The desire was there, but it just wasn't a connect that he was experiencing. Um, again, compelled but maybe not capable. And so I kind of wonder if maybe what he was experiencing was, um, he, was a, he was compelled to experience love and friendships, peace and purpose, a sense of security. Um, but he had rendered himself incapable until he was willing to climb a tree for a radical change of perspective. And that's, I think, in the world that we live in, we live in a, a, a society that does a lot of finger pointing and blaming. And uh, it's easy to say, well, I've, I've had a hard time in pursuing love and peace and, and all of these things because of, and we name someone else or we, we point to a certain situation in life. Um, but I think when we're climbing a tree, one of the things that we're acknowledging is that uh, I'm one of the obstacles that has kept me from from seeing God. So, so what are, speaking of obstacles, what, I just want to briefly point out what in this text is really clear, make a, a simple application to two obstacles that could keep us from connecting with God. And it emphasizes why we need to climb a tree, why we need to go out of our way to catch a fresh glimpse of Jesus on a regular basis. Um, Luke 19.3 says he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was what? Short. Because he was short, he could not. I want you to know that I am short. I am short. Um, my dad was a good half inch to an inch taller than me. My brother was shorter than me when he graduated from high school, but then he goes off to college and comes back like two inches taller than me. Um, I played college basketball. We had a 6'11 postman. We had two 6'9 uh, forwards. I did not feel very tall at all. My own son has betrayed me and is now taller than I am. Um, I've got an uncle on my dad's side that was 6'9", um, both directions, big, big behemoth of a man. Um, so I, I, I'm saying I am short, but I'm not saying short in comparison to others. If it were up to comparisons, I could make myself feel pretty tall. Um, uh, but I'm not, not comparing, I'm just saying very simply, I am short, and this is one of the ways that I know that. It's a real simple verse in Romans 3. It says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I'm short. This is the self-sabotage thing that I'm talking about. Sometimes I make some decisions, 
that result in me falling short of that connection that I long for. I've made some, consistently made some pretty poor choices over, over a lifetime. Now, when I say that we've fallen short of the glory of God, um, that means that there is a gap between myself and the God who loves me very, very much. God is not a strict rule keeper who's just waiting to catch you messing up. That's not the God of the Bible. Um, he is a loving father who, through his son, wants us ever closer. And so he realizes that the biggest deal with sin is not that we messed up. The biggest deal with sin is that it separates. When we choose something other than walking in the direction of God, we are separating himself, ourselves from him. So how short was Zacchaeus? How short was he? The Bible doesn't give us uh, a measurement of his height or lack of, uh, but it does describe him. It describes him as a chief tax collector who was wealthy. His occupation was one of the most hated among his Jewish peers. He, uh, he worked for the enemy, who the, the Jewish people considered the enemy, the Roman government, and he was extracting taxes from his fellow countrymen, from, his, uh, from the Jews. And as if colluding with the enemy wasn't enough, um, the way that Zacchaeus lined his pockets and became so wealthy and rich was by deceitfully tacking on fees that he would keep for himself. Not a real popular guy. Zacchaeus was cheating his own people. He was selfish, deceitful, calloused, conniving. How short was Zacchaeus? He was the lowest of the low. If you read in, uh, much in the New Testament, you'll see that there is a phrase that Jesus hung out with sinners and tax collectors. It's like they had their own category for being terrible. Okay? And uh, so I, I can... I'm short. My sins become an obstacle that keeps me from clearing, clearly seeing Jesus. The choices, the poor choices that I made. And the second, second thing is that my life is very crowded. Um, Luke 19.3 also says he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. Now you might wrestle with admitting that you've made some poor choices and that you have sin in your life, but can we all readily admit we live in a very crowded world? Our lives are very crowded. Um, even when we sit down and try and, and, and get still, we realize how crowded our minds are because they are still full of all the thoughts of the things that have gone on and the things that still need to take place. And I think uh, maybe it was Henry Nouwen calls that the monkey brain. It just, it won't settle. We are, 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 we are so crowded with that. Um, there was a crowd of people that, were, that was surrounding Jesus as he is making his way through Jericho. But there were people like Z Zacchaeus who were crowded out. And it was this crowded life that pushed Zacchaeus away. Um, sometimes our minds and our hearts can be so crowded that we don't see what really matters. And we don't see what breathes life or what could breathe life back into us. Creations can, they don't always, but creations can crowd our lives in a way that we don't see the creator. And Zacchaeus had all of that stuff going on. Um, 
In Luke 18 is another story of someone else who was rich. He was kind of referred to as the rich young ruler. And it was very clear that his lifestyle was one that had kept him from seeing Jesus. And Jesus presented him an opportunity. He said, hey, if you sell all you have and give to the poor for you, this is a way for you to see me. And he walked away. He didn't take him up on this. But we see in Zacchaeus just this, I don't know, it's like a just a desperation. He's like, I, I think I'm tired of waking up to this same life over and over. It's time for some things to be new. And these are some things that took place that drove him to climb a tree and it changed his perspective. Now, I mentioned a couple of obstacles, you know, being short and crowded. Um, for every obstacle, God makes a provision. There is nothing that uh, has walled you off or blocked you from God that God hasn't already anticipated and made a provision for. So for Zacchaeus, he made a provision. And very simply, it was a tree. In our sin-shortened selves, in our crowded lives, uh, climbing a tree is a game changer. So here's, here's where we're going to get kind of into this. Um, a tree... When I say climbing a tree, it represents any activity that helps you rise above the perspective of your sin-shortened life. Um, a tree represents any activity that helps you rise above a crowded life so that you can catch a fresh glimpse of Jesus. Um, this could be uh, something as, um, as basic and as core as reading and reflecting on a Bible passage. You can climb a tree by sitting in silence and praying. You can climb a tree when you show up here for worship and you set aside um, the cares of this world just long enough to, uh, to kind of reset your compass to true north. Uh, many of you climb a tree when you gather midweek in a home. Think of it like a tree house. This is your opportunity to come together. And as a group, you are looking for just a, a, a life-changing encounter. It changes your perspective on the week. Um, you climb a tree as you drive to work and um, you choose to use that time to listen to worship music or um, you use the pray as you go app and you're letting that just kind of wash over you with, with scripture. Um, all of these opportunities. If uh, when you came in, depending on when you got here, you may have received one of these cards. Uh, it's like bookmark style. And uh, at the top it says Lessons from Trees. It has the Psalm 1 passage that, that John read as a part of our, our worship time. But it's this picture of a tree, a vibrant tree planted by streams of water is the passage that this is about. And on here are just some real basic reflection questions. And what we are um, hoping that each of us will jump in and do sometime this week, will you set aside time, not necessarily to climb a tree, but to sit near or beneath a tree, read Psalm 1, 1 through 3, and reflect on some of these questions. It's an opportunity for you to press pause in the middle of your very crowded day. And maybe, just maybe, there's going to be a change of perspective that, uh, that can make a big difference for you. Um, so this is one of, the, one of the ways. Each week, by the way, we're going to have one of, uh, a different way for you to climb a tree and to encounter Jesus in a new way. And so that's the, uh, one of the ways that we've chosen for today. Um, so what are, I just want to highlight a couple of ways, if, if you're kind of thinking, okay, why, 
why would I want to go out of my way and do this? If I have a crowded life, why would I want to add one more thing to an already crowded life? Um, I've tried to do these things before, and I've, I can't say that it was a, a, just a, a game changer for me. But I want us to, to focus on just a couple of points here um, that, um, that we could consider. Climbing a tree to see Jesus um, changes the way that I see myself. It changes the way that you could see yourself. Even though we're, we're hoping to connect with God, sometimes what, what we encounter is we see ourselves in a new light. Now, now, just kind of picture what was taking place. Zacchaeus, by his tax collector's booth, he's doing his, he's got his spiel down. He knows what to say to get what he wants out of life. He knows that people are upset with him. I, I kind of get the feeling that he's grown pretty calloused over the years. Um, he knows the reputation he has among his fellow Jews, but he also knows really what he wants out of life, and he's willing to use other people to get what he wants out of life. And this is happening day in and day out. He's probably positioned himself in a real prominent place so that people would have an extra hard time avoiding him. And here's Jesus has come into town. And I don't, know, I don't know what compelled him to be drawn to see Jesus. It could be uh, Jesus' reputation just preceded him. It could be that Zacchaeus heard that there was another tax collector that had chosen to follow Jesus by the name of Matthew. And then Matthew's life was radically changed. Maybe that was something that compelled him. We don't really know why. But he, he kind of runs ahead of the crowd and he climbs this tree. And I wonder if from that tree, I wonder if he was able to see his tax collector's booth. I wonder if maybe for the first time he saw the way that he was truly living. And I wonder what kind of impact that could have made. Um, one of the things that will always precede life change is truth and reality. When we climb a tree, um, so to speak, what we are talking about is we are saying, I am willing to see the truth of my life. I'm willing to see the reality of the life that I've made for myself, good and bad. And from that vantage point, we can begin um, to experience just this goodness. When, um, if I'm talking to someone and we're, we're sharing, uh, some of you I've been talking about, what is your, what's your sacred rhythm? What does it look like for you to arrange your life in a way that you um, are encountering God on a daily or regular basis? And um, there's just kind of certain spiritual practices that I've um, centered my life around that I know are really important. For me, these are ways that I climb a tree on a daily basis. Um, but I want to be really clear that um, the reason I climb a tree is not because I'm a spiritual giant. It's because I'm not. I climb a tree not because I'm spiritual. I climb a tree because I'm short. I climb a tree because I'm sinful. I don't climb a tree because I'm this really super disciplined person. I climb a tree because, quite frankly, I'm desperate. This is the only way I'm going to make it. It's a weird thing that happens, but when I climb a tree, I'm able to look myself in the eye, and sometimes that's one of the hardest things. I can get really honest about where things are um, as a husband, 
as a dad, as a friend, as a follower of Jesus, as a tripping over his own feet follower of Jesus. But when we humble ourselves to climb a tree, one of the things that we're saying is, I, God, I want to see what you see when you look at me. Um, Isaiah in chapter and Isaiah six kind of had this climb a tree moment. Um, it says this in verse one. Um, Isaiah says, "I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne." He has this uh, this incredible vision that took place in the temple, and it was like a tree. He said, "I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne." And what did he say? Woe to me. Isaiah looked himself in the eye in this moment. He cried, I am ruined, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. And then that goes on to say that um, there was a, a hot coal that was lifted and was placed on his lips that signified the healing that was taking place. When I climb a tree and see Jesus, I get a clearer picture of what it is in me that needs God's touch. Sometimes it's my unclean lips, the things I say and the tone I say things. Sometimes it's my unclean mind, the things I dwell on. Sometimes it's my unclean heart, the unhealthy things that I desire. Sometimes it's my unclean attitude, the way I can go from calm to angry in a nanosecond. Sometimes it's my unclean hands, the way I work to serve and better myself while overlooking the ways that I could have served others. Sometimes it's my unclean knees, my proud knees that refuse to humbly bend and submit. When I climb a tree, I'm able to kind of look at myself in a different way, in a fresh way, and acknowledge that I'm short. Um, but there's great news in that, and that is um, Jesus loves short people. <laughs> um, I am the ideal candidate for grace. <laughs> grace is extended to people who don't deserve God's goodness, but he gives it to them anyway. I'm the ideal candidate. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save says the lost, but in this context, he came to seek and to save people like me. And that also changes my perspective. This is a great lead in on how climbing a tree changes the way that we see Jesus. Yes, it changes the way I see myself, but it changes the way I perceive Jesus. When Jesus reached the spot, this is verse uh, five. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, Come down immediately. Now, now picture this scene. On the ground, Zacchaeus was accustomed to people avoiding him. But from the tree, he sees someone who is coming towards him and loves him. From the crowd, Jesus heard people scornfully mutter his name. But from the tree, Zacchaeus hears Jesus simply calling him by name without the expletive in front or behind it. On the ground, Zacchaeus was a very lonely man. But up in this tree, he hears Jesus say, hey, will you open your house up and let me hang out with you? I, wanna, I want a relationship with you. And so we kind of get this fresh perspective in the midst of our short, crowded life that God is really, 
he's been pursuing us maybe even longer <laughs> and with more ferocity than we have been pursuing and seeking after him. It's a way climbing a tree is the way that we look at the reality of ourselves, the way we look at ourselves, but all the more, um, I think that helps us appreciate all the more that Jesus, the creator of the universe, notices, notices us. Um, we don't know exactly how Jesus knew to call Zacchaeus by name. It could have just been one of those God things where he was, uh, he knew that. It could be that his reputation, Zacchaeus's reputation had preceded himself. Maybe he had heard about Zacchaeus through Matthew, the former tax collector turned disciple. But what this, what this principle is, is Zacchaeus' life reminds me that though we are short, we will not be overlooked. Let that sink in. We have maybe chosen some wayward paths, but God will not overlook us. He knows us by name. And when I climb a tree, I see the truth about myself that I might not be as good as I had hoped, but from that same tree, I see Jesus and discover I am more loved than I could have imagined. And it's this, it's this, it's a really beautiful tension and a, and a balance. Now, I would be willing to bet that um, maybe some of you and certainly some of the people you know are not sure what to think of Jesus. Um, you could probably have a really good conversation with a bunch of your friends and coworkers until you mention the name of Jesus, and that's going to totally change where things go. Um, and and it very well could depend on what what do they think when they think of Jesus. And I can kind of understand why people might wrestle in some ways with this. Um, it could be that they are not sure what to think about Jesus because uh, maybe. They or you have been just deeply disappointed by unanswered prayer or what feels like unanswered prayer. Um, many of us wonder why God will let bad things happen to good people. Um, it could be this lack of clarity regarding Jesus could have started when someone who claimed to love and follow Jesus turned out to be the one uh, who wounded you the most of all the people in life. Um, maybe you've spent some time reading the Old Testament and all the war and the bloodshed, and you're still trying to figure out how can a God of love allow something like that to take place? And probably for any of us, when we're, when we're in a season where life seems to grow dark and the fog seems extra thick and settled in, we begin to question and doubt, is God who he really claims to be? If you're not sure who Jesus is, or if you've got friends that aren't sure, I encourage you and them to climb a tree to see for themselves. Um, in other words, I don't want you to settle for what a pastor preacher like me says on Sunday about Jesus. I want you to see him yourself. I want you to encounter him don't settle for less than that. Figure out a way for you to rise above your crowded world throughout the week and begin to see him and know that he wants to invite himself in to go a little bit, to draw closer to you. Um, give Jesus a chance when it comes to this. Um, so this, uh, um, there are leaves all over this tree. They're actually post-it notes 
isn't that nice that it, it made our life so much simpler that we didn't have to draw a color cut out and whatever um, there are leaves all over this tree and I want to give you an opportunity in just a moment to interact with this uh, in the following way I want you to begin thinking now um, when where and how can you climb a tree this week where, where would be um, a place or what would be a time for you to press pause on your day and to engage with God in a fresh way? Um, it could be using that bookmark, finding a spot near a tree, reflecting on Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Um, but what is a way that you yourself can connect with God, can climb a tree? And so when we come up for communion... You'll have an opportunity to partake in communion and then simply take one of these leaves with you. And if you need to write on there kind of your commitment for the week, great. It is a post-it note. You can stick it somewhere as a reminder that God is inviting you to go out of your way to spend some time with him. You've got a crowded week this week. I know that for a fact. If you've got breath and you live in the Bay Area, you, <laughs> you have a very crowded world around you. I wonder what it would be like if we come back next week and each of us have caught a fresh glimpse of Jesus. How does that impact the way that we worship? How does that impact the way that we interact with each other? What might that compel us to do and to say during the week to share our lives with others and say, hey, this, this Jesus guy, I don't have it all figured out, but I'm telling you, this is what I'm finding out. and I got to tell you about it. So what would be a way for you to encounter Jesus by climbing a tree this week. So very simply, you'll be grabbing one of those uh, leaves as, as you feel led to. Let me uh, turn our thoughts towards communion. Um, I said earlier that when we encounter obstacles, God always provides um, a solution to that. Uh, Zacchaeus was short and he lived in a very crowded world. So um, there was a tree. A tree was provided. So what does God provide for you and I to overcome the obstacles that we face? I believe that he still provides a tree. Listen to this in 1 Peter 2, 24. He himself, Jesus, bore our sins and his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. And I suppose this is where our tree metaphor is going to change as we prepare ourselves for communion. There is a tree that leads to salvation, but this tree is too difficult for you and I to climb. So Jesus climbed that tree on our behalf. Trees are for short people, sin short people. And Jesus, though he lived a sinless life, took upon himself our shortness, our sins, and he bore them on that tree, on that cross. And when we accept his sacrifice, what we are doing is we are removing that barrier. We have access to the Father through Jesus. So let me just kind of say these three things about communion. Communion is a time to remember that Jesus' body was pierced on a tree. Communion is a time for us to remember that Jesus' blood was shed on a tree. And this communion today is a time for us to remember that Jesus climbed his tree because we are short, but not overlooked. Could that be something that you just meditate on? Um, it is because 
of us that he climbed that tree. But it's also because he noticed us and he still notices us that he climbs that tree. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and... Let me pray for us. The way we do communion here is uh, we'll have someone up here, or a couple of someones holding the bread and the cup. And in the cup is, is simply juice. And these things are highly symbolic. They represent the blood, represents um, uh, the, the bread, represents his body offered for us. Uh, and the juice, the cup, represents his blood shed for us. And you'll have an opportunity to, to dip that bread in the cup and to remember that though we are short, we are not overlooked. And if you choose to, after taking communion, you can swing by this tree, grab a leaf, and just spend some moments uh, reflecting on the way that you will be climbing a tree later on this week. Father, again, I want to say thank you. Thank you for coming to seek and to save those of us who are short. Um, thank you for offering us healing. I pray for um, just our minds to be focused on you and the, the truly good news. That when we pause in times like this. It's a, it's a way for us to see you in a new and fresh way. Um, Lord, on several occasions, uh, we read in scripture that people saw and recognized you through the breaking of bread. So I pray that it is through breaking bread that we will see you and that this will bring about um, a change of perspective for us as we head back out into the world that you've called us to. Thank you for this tree that we can climb into now and for calling us to plant ourselves throughout the week. And thank you, Jesus, for hanging on that tree for us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.